before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Leonor Cavada. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. So uh, this is the this is going to be the New Year's Eve show, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Last show before we turn the page on 2023 and what? move into 2024. So when is New Year's Eve? It's Sunday? actually on Sunday. Sunday. Which confuses okay. everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then... Monday, it's football day. That's New Year's Day. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna watch some serious football. Yeah, all weekend actually. We got uh, what's it? Florida State, Georgia. Uh, there's a lot of good games. Michigan, uh, Alabama. Uh, that's gonna be a good one. You know, there's gonna be a lot of great games uh, coming down the pike. And I'm a big college sports fan in general. Um, but and not so much pro. Me either. I don't I, like I, pro I've football. lost interest in pro. I mean, yes, I, I will admit that I do. Kaepernick watch the ruined Super Bowl, it for me. But other than that, I really am not into Kaeper- it. Kaepernick and LeBron James, you know, with their woke, bowing to China, all this stuff. I mean, it's just it's taken, taken the, the the, pee right out of it. Yeah, there's another fr- another phrase for that, but. We'll keep it clean. We'll keep it clean. Well, yeah. this, well, this is the year that woke went broke. All those woke policies didn't work. Well, they, they you know, there's this uh, site that, uh, it's a Twitter feed and, you know, there's a lot of different sites. There used to be the thing with the empty hospitals back in the COVID scam. And when, when that, that whole thing was being propped up by the media to f- create a lot of fear in people, um, you know, COVID had a 99.5% survival rate, but yet, you know, the hospitals were full and, they, and then the people would go by with their cameras and the hospitals would be empty. Exactly. Well, they, have, the this, big they have this account on social media, it's empty seats. And the NFL, despite what you, the rhetoric you hear in the media, which I think is just so deceitful and, and, packed full of lies and we're gonna we have a really good audio clip related to BlackRock it's a different angle a different twist something 
you've never heard before. Trust me. I mean, I a lot of this stuff is regurgitating from different voices and different mouths and different thoughts. And But this one comes at it from a different angle. And I love angles because I love the prisms and I love looking at th- problems from different angles. But in any case, back to the uh, empty seats. The NFL still has a lot of empty seats. Now, maybe that's because some of these teams aren't in contention for a, a bowl game. Who knows? But they're showing a lot of empty seats in the NFL. People are not showing up because the players themselves don't care about the product that's on the field. All they care about is their contract and their paycheck. Well, people want to see people that are passionate. They go to sporting events to have a good time, and they go to see the team do well. And that's college sports. And that's college sports, and people can get behind college sports. So this is the time of the year where we have a lot of those bowls. So, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Right. And and the thing is, is that college is doing their their darndest to ruin that with name, image, and likeness, NIL. Uh, which is a whole different story. Um, they're meddling in with politics, whether it's Title IX or trans athletes. You know, they're doing their best to ruin it because the people at the top of the food chain at the NCAA are are liberals, um, as is just about everything else that's that's in charge right now. And you, you got to wonder, how in the world did we allow that to happen? That common sense doesn't prevail Mm -hmm. you take for example you know the attorney general in georgia for example Mm -hmm. uh is being uh, asked to testify under oath about election rigging uh, about these um imaging images uh it's an image system that that uh they never testify to and they don't want to testify to it and he basically refused so um Sterling and Raffensperger, uh, these two, uh, Secretary of State and the uh, the other dude down in Georgia. <laughs> the other dude. Well, I forget his title, but it it's uh, the Attorney General and the Secretary of State. Yeah, All right, those are and the Raffensperger titles. was the Secretary of State, and the other guy, Sterling, I believe, was the Attorney General. But in, in any case, they don't want to testify about the Dominion systems because everybody knows there was fraud. You know, that Fannie Willis that got $148 million that has now caused America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, to actually file for bankruptcy. Yeah. Even though he's going to appeal and he probably will win, he's got to protect himself. Yes. And now he has to go through the motions of a bankruptcy. Which is ridiculous at this point. Yeah. To protect himself in if in if the case is that his appeal doesn't is not successful. So it's it's insane the world we're living in, the two standards of justice. You know, never before in in American history have we ever seen the things going on that we're seeing in America, like the open borders. We've never had to deal with that before. And there's a reason why, and we're going to talk about this today too, there's a reason why that's happening. The globalists are moving people around as if they're in a Petri dish. And they have a pair of tweezers, and they want one bacteria to be near another one. I mean, literally, we're in a fishbowl. Oh, if you want to use the cattle metaphor, and Leonora, you know how 
I love to use metaphors. I know, I know how you and like to metaphors. use them, mix them, and confuse everybody. But yes, <laughs> yeah. you went from petri dish to uh, cattle. I mean, uh, to fishbowl. I mean, you, you got everything under the sun going on. <laughs> You've heard of herding sheep, right? And yeah. putting them in a corral yeah, yeah, or yeah. cattle, yeah. putting them in a barn. Right. I, I can go on and on all day. Right? Herding cats is another one. I mean, no, no, is- no. Herding cats is the opposite <laughs> because cats, herding cats is almost impossible. Right. You cannot herd cats. They use that expression. Um, I think it's yeah, used but in not in the context of what I'm yeah. doing. I'm saying that the people from the African continent, and you know, keep in mind too that there's a lot of people in South Africa that are being chased out of South Africa for fear of their life, right? Um, because it's run by a bunch of <laughs> warlords with bones in their face. <laughs> You know, like, I don't know. And All right, it's, Scott, that wasn't politically correct. Yeah, I don't care. You know, I don't really care. Um, Warlords with bones in their Yeah, face. and they hate white farmers. I don't know. I mean, it's just like crazy, um, oh. crazy town. South Africa used to be a nation that people used to love to travel to, but not anymore. Um, you know, and the, the thing is, is that they're coming from the Middle East into Europe. They're coming from... Um, Africa into all these African nations mm-hmm. into uh, America. I know because I take Lyft and Uber all the time and every driver is from Ethiopia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, working 18-hour days for next to nothing. But who's going to do that? You know, is it going to be the Wellesley grad with the Ivy Le- or the Ivy League uh, degree person? No, it's not. That's beneath me. All right, so we got to get some people that are low enough to, on the food chain. So let's migrate them in. Slave labor. Corporations love it, right? But it's beyond that. What they're trying to do, too, is you've heard of 15-minute cities? Yes. Where they just want to stack people up? They want to stack people up so you can get everywhere you need to go quickly. And that's yeah. the idea. And nobody will own anything. Yeah. And and nobody yeah. will ask for anything. And yeah. nobody will aspire to anything. So, so, that is the danger of that. Yeah, but here's the thing, too, is these globalists... They're like, well, we just want to mine. We don't want to deal with eminent domain from some tribal warlord. Uh, we're either going to have to kill them, pay them off, or why don't we just go ahead and give them a brochure and have them move to the United States and let it be the middle class's problem. Yeah, They'll foot the bill for it. And so I'm going to play a series of clips wrapped around this. Trust me, we're going to cover that, uh, gosh, I almost said three curse words. But we're going to cover that Secretary of State from Maine, Bellows. Is Bellows, her name? yeah, uh, Shenna Bellows or Shenna something. Shenna Bellows. Like that? She's got a bizarre first name, right. Shenna. We are that definitely going to cover that story today as well. Don't don't get me wrong. That was actually going to be the top story that I was going to cover, but I just I got into this other thing. And then so. we've got, and then I will be towards the end of the show talking about my New Year's Eve movie article. Oh, okay, so something to look forward right. to. So I'm going to do my best to blank out the curse words in this, but this comedy piece is exactly what it's all about. It's This is what it's all about, okay, for globalists, okay? Because I, I wrote this. I said, globalists are corralling America and other Western nations with migrants, moving people from underdeveloped countries with limited food, infrastructure, and energy sources to concentrated areas to manage efficiently like livestock. The spaces left behind will be used for mining. And 
uncontested. There's a lot of gold and and oil and precious minerals that we don't um, that could be that could be obtained cheap more cheaply if there's no toll collector. You know that's why they took out Gaddafi. They wanted to run. Uh, they wanted to do oil trade, uh, trade oil for gold and oil for cobalt and oil for precious minerals into Africa. But Gaddafi was standing in the way saying, well, where's my cut? And they said, your cut. And then a bullet goes into his head. They drag him through the streets. And Hillary says, we came, we saw he died and laughs about it and then sets up a mission in Benghazi and starts running all of Gaddafi's assets out of uh, Libya and putting them in the hands of ISIS, who is actually protecting the oil that was going into Europe and into Africa in the first place. How convenient. Huh. And everybody, the media, the, the news media doesn't even pick up on it. They're like, oh, the ISIS, they're beheading journalists. Yeah, they're beheading journalists because the journalists are trying to cover the story. They don't want them to cover that story. That's not the story they want to cover, right? So anytime a journalist is going to cover the truth, they're going to get beheaded by Jihadi John. Remember that guy? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, this is just such a cynical world that we're living in, right? Anyway, we're going to do our best to take out the curse words and try to play this. Uh, I got them. I got the seconds marked off to mute. I have to okay, mute let's it. see how good you do it. All right, let's see. All right. Well, so this you is, do about that. This is what the globalists are doing. They're basically taking all the develop, de- developing nations, poor people, and because they live in areas where there's not a lot of food, not a lot of energy, not a lot of um, assets, right? Uh, let's see, limited food, infrastructure, and energy sources. Now, they could have, for the last 50, 60, 70 years, if they really cared about these people, uh-huh. they could have helped them build cities and build infrastructure and uh-huh. build electrical grids and build... They know how to do it. They have our army of uh, engineer, civil engineers. They have that, but they don't want to do that. For what reason, I have no idea. You know, in some cases, their farmland's not that great, but in others, in Africa, there's a lot of rich land. But let's go ahead and take a listen to this. This was done about, what, 30 years ago, 25 years ago? It was comedy by Sam Kennison, who's dead now. He probably didn't even know what he was really saying, but we're living through this nightmare right now. Oh, okay. So, just got to get the right audio track. There we go. Here we go. If you want to stop world hunger, stop sending them food. Don't send these people another bite, folks. You want to send them something? You want to help? Send them U-Hauls. Send them U-Hauls, some luggage, and send them a guy out there that goes, hey, you know, we've been driving out here every day with your food for like the last, uh, I don't know, 30, 40 years. And we were driving out here a day across the desert, and it occurred to us there wouldn't be world hunger if you people would live where the food is! Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that was. I did pretty good. I, I have to say, folks, I did pretty yeah, good with getting the curse words out of that. So, um, I'm proud of myself. What did you think? Good What'd job. You th- good job. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, though, if you put it into the political realm that we're living in. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of things you could take from humor, and. Uh, yeah, so uh, I wanted to play this other clip that's in line with that. So this is um, this video, this audio here. Welcome to America, brought to you by CWS Global. Now, who's funding all this global migration? All brought to you by the IOM, International Organization for Migration, the United Nations. I say we defund the United Nations well, and kick them to hell out of our Well, that's been talked about for a while country. by conservatives, is that there's no purpose to them. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely insane that the, they're, they're, they're pushing this on the middle class. Well, and they're communicating propaganda. That's what's been going right. on for well, some time. Well, look at this. Look at where all the money's going. You know, Obama, what he did before he left, mm-hmm. he gave $9 billion to the United Nations. It was a parting gift. He gave more than that during his tenure. But he gave $9 billion at the last year. He was already out. Mm-hmm. He should have left that, those monies up to the next president. But he took advantage and he spent $9 billion of taxpayers' dollars and gave it to the United Nations. Nothing but a corrupt organization. Right here. When refugee families first arrive in their new communities, we are there to walk- This is a selling uh, video, uh, video, but here, listen. and providing them with a welcome meal in their new apartment or house. Welcome meals feature culturally appropriate food to help each family feel at home. Through the U.S. Refugee Admissions Program, each refugee is provided with a small stipend to cover their basic needs for their first few months in the U.S. These funds cover safe and appropriate permanent housing, groceries, bills, and critical services. Together with community partners, donors, and volunteers, we are able to provide donated furniture, stocked fridges, school supplies, and other basic support to make this limited funding go farther. From helping new arrivals understand bus routes, to English language skills, to how to enroll in school, volunteers and community sponsors offer friendship and support and help refugee families learn about their new communities. Our offices also help our refugee clients find jobs, access health care and social support, and pursue their goals for their family's future. Refugees become financially self-sufficient after a few months, but our support doesn't stop there. We continue to walk alongside them as they become thriving members of their own communities, building careers, starting businesses, volunteering, and watching their children succeed. So if they would only treat our veterans that come back from war with PTSD. So well as that. Yes, I I hear you. uh, You know, and this is the thing. So it's just. You know, the the concept of a, um, I guess, a refugee coordinator, that became a new job a handful of years ago, where suddenly you were seeing them finding refugee uh, coordinators, you know, doing recruitment for it. You know, this didn't need to be a need before because we didn't need to bring in refugees. 740,000 illegals have invaded the border since October 1st of this year. 
We must never stop sharing the list of 19 House Republicans who protected DHS Secretary Mayorkas from impeachment. Representative Dan Crenshaw, Representative Nancy Mace, and I like Nancy Mace, uh, Patrick McHenry, who I don't like. He's the He was the interim, interim uh, yeah. speaker. Uh, Tom McClintock, Virginia Fox, Daryl Issa from California, Cliff Bentz, of course, Ken Buck from Colorado. Guess who's running against Ken Buck? Who? Lauren Bobart. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah it's, uh, she changed districts. Oh. She's changing districts. She's yeah. going from the district she barely won against a Democrat uh, to another district that's going to be highly contested in the Republican primary. So yeah. she may not even get through the primary, but if she does, she'll win. Ken Buck. Uh, Mike Turner, uh, he should be the last person. Ken Buck should be the last person anybody ever votes for. But Mike Turner from Ohio, he's a decent <clears throat> congressman, but there he is. John Duarte, uh, Roger Williams, Jim Banks, Vern Buchanan, Larry Bushin, Mike Azell, Pat Fallon, Alex Mooney, Greg Pence, you know, Mike Pence's brother, Maria Salazar from Miami. Mm. You know, she's a pretty uh, former anchor. Oh, I remember her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, she's always on the wrong list. I've met Ken Buck a few times through things I've been involved with in D.C. Yeah, I know. I've met him, too. I've, I've, I've gone to events with him and coordinated events with him. Yeah. Yeah. Buchanan, Larry Bushin. Oh, Mike okay. Caller, you're on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's talking. Hi, Scott. Hi. I, I just have, this is Marilyn from Indiana. Hi, Marilyn from Indiana. I, I just have two topics that at some point I would like to have you comment on and hear your views about. And one of those is the net worth of all of these congressmen and senators. For example, I just looked up Lindy, Lindsey Graham recently, and it says that he's worth $100 million dollars. And nobody ever asked these people how they became multimillionaires and with what their career track was. That there's no money there. So where did they get all this money? Nobody ever asked them that. Not only that, but and, if you know what? Visually, people need visuals. People need to actually do some investigative journalism and see all the different lavish vacations and super houses and, and super luxury items that these people own. Because they don't just, they're, they're not just having the $100 million. They're spending it. Mm-hmm. But they act exactly. like they're hokier than thou, right? Like they just act like, yeah. oh, I'm just a little old hokey boy, you know, from South Carolina. Well, and it's obvious to me that there's so much corruption that that would, delete, if somebody at least asked the question, it might be a start on uh, exposing the corruption. Right. And then the second the second thing that I have been wondering about is you know when Trump was in office they were hollering about well we need to apply the 25th amendment. Now we have a president to which the 25th amendment perfectly applies and for which situation it was passed. And I have not heard one person mention the 25th amendment and joe because, biden in the same because, well you obviously know the answer to that 
It's a uni party. They try to tell you that it's a two-party system, and if we could only be, if we could get power, we'd be in charge and we'd do everything right. Paul Ryan made those promises, and then Trump came in and then called his bluff, and Paul Ryan was exposed for the fraud that he is. But mm-hmm. you know, it's a uni party. You know that Lindsey Graham is 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 best friends with Joe Biden. You know that. Mm-hmm. Remember that yeah. uh, vi- audio and video that was going around where. Uh, Lindsey Graham was sitting in the back of a limo and teared up because he says Joe Biden was one of the salt of the earth and one of the best men God ever created. Absolutely. And then you saw him on CNN trashing Trump. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's such hypocrisy. We have such a corrupt system. It's not even funny. And frankly, I don't even know which way. Uh, is going to be out for this. But I do know this. I do know that Trump, you know, when he gets out of the Paris Agreement and puts up a border wall and gets out of the TPP, those are things that he believes in, right? Those things yeah. disrupt the supply chains and the globalist agenda. And, you know, the cartels, will, as soon as you build a wall, the cartels are out of business. The fentanyl pushers are out of business. The sex yeah, traffickers totally. are out of business. So no one wants that because... They keep the border open because those entities that I just described sound like sound like corrupt um, gangs, but they have lobbyists. They're very sophisticatedly organized. They're very well militarized and equipped. So, I mean, the thing is, is that the politicians are getting paid off by those cartels' lobbyist groups. And the kickbacks from the war machine. And the corporations that benefit from the slave labor. Exactly. Well, there it's dark times for our country, but I would like to. I know you and I know the answers, and you've just so eloquently explained a lot of these issues. But it would be interesting to at least have the questions asked to the right people for the pleasure of watching them squirm, if nothing else. Right. Absolutely. And but we don't have a we don't have a fighting force on the Republican side because the Uni Party. I believe is aligned with socialist uh, values. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think do. that the globalists yeah, are aligned with socialism and Marxism and you're and uh, communism. Right. Yeah. And well, we know that at one point we don't know during our lifetimes, but we know that at some point there will be a one-world government. Right, and that is aligned with like a Stalin, Lenin, Marxist. Hitler, Nazi kind of thing. It's aligned mm-hmm. with radical socialism. It's aligned yeah. with a top-down, top, you know, it's aligned with a basically a big government uh, with no power to the people. And that's why they're right. moving the whole- populations around. And that's another aspect of open borders is it's getting the people out of Africa and out of South America and out of the Middle East where there's nothing but sand, like Sam Kennison was kind of joking about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And putting them where the food is, making the supply chain more efficient so that the corporations can profit, never mind the fact that what it does to your child's education, or never mind the, you know, what it does to our limited hospital medical facilities, or our road construction. Well, if there's going to be one world government, and there is, then the world has to become more homogeneous. 
Yes, and not only that, but easy easier to ma- manage because that again, makes them easier to manage. Yeah, it's because it's because it's a pyramid structure where you have very few people at the top, and they're going to try to control uh, a large swath of people, like nine billion people or eight billion people. How do they do that? They put all the cattle in a corral. How do you manage? You know, if you have three hundred cattle. Right? How do you mm-hmm. manage that? You put a fence around them. That's right. And uh, the other part of that is that everybody, they want a whole population of poor people because poor people have no options. Poor people can't travel around. Poor people can't organize and protest because they're just so poor. They're just consumed with survival from one day to the next. Yeah. So that's another thing that they want to do to us. And you, you've you noticed in our country how they're doing it with inflation and so on. Oh, absolutely. And it's theft. Decreasing the wealth of the middle class, destroying the middle class. We'll have the rich and the poor like most of the nations of the world. And Well, I've monopolized a lot of your time. Well, I've enjoyed well, the well, conversation. Marilyn, Mar- Marilyn from yes. Indiana, tell us what you're going to do for New Year's Eve. Um, probably gonna get ready to watch the Michigan football game on New Year's Day. <laughs> yeah, who's the other team? I was drawing a blank. Mich- it's Michigan, Alabama. Alabama. And then Alabama. what's the other? What's the other top two? Oh, I don't know that. <laughs> okay. Do you know? Yeah, I do. I should know because I follow it so readily. Um. Uh. Well, oh, it's got to be Texas. It's Texas. But Alabama brought Texas in. And Washington, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, Florida State's the one that got robbed, and they're going to play Georgia. Yeah. Because Washington uh, finished undefeated, I believe. So it's, yeah. And I'm too old to go out and celebrate, so we'll just have a quiet evening at home. All right. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, and you take care. All right. Take care now. Mm, Bye-bye. That was a lovely call. Absolutely. I don't remember her calling in too frequently. Uh, I think she may have called in before. Um, All right. So we're going to get to this Maine situation. So breaking, Maine has ruled that Donald Trump is ineligible to appear on the primary ballot in 2024. Although in Colorado, the uh, attorney general changed her mind about it and said... Griswold changed her mind. Griswold. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And they think there's something... uh, not completely sincere about the changing of her mind because I think they see that this would be a win for Trump in some way. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, as we keep talking, the more he's martyred, the more And he's people... not been taken off the ballot yet. No. Uh, that was a, that was, good. they were going to give him until about January 4th or 5th. Right. Then they would have. Now, this is going to yeah. be more theatrics. That's what this is all going to be about. Right, but it's going to be chaos and confusion. Chaos it's and confusion. It's going to give the left exactly. fodder to say, this guy should barely be on the ballot. Right. You know. But they're going to play this in as many states as they can, and in some cases, the you know they'll go along, but in some cases, they'll just say no, like Michigan just said no. Well, well they want you to constantly be on the defense. Right. They don't want you to attack them. 
They well, want you to be on your heels. Well, I think it's going to depend you, on... You get that? I know I got that, yeah. but it's going to depend on the states. They're going to think about, okay, do we want to sit here and play this little battle out and exhaust resources, or do we just want to say this is ridiculous oh, they and wanna, we're not they allowing wanna, They want to exhaust Trump's resources. Well, it, again, it depends on who's making the decisions in each particular state and what the particular climate is, but... They're getting away with murder because they're giving the media... Uh, Talking points to to constantly say Trump's in trouble again. Well, that's what they're doing. They're doing that, and it's the up to each state as they come forward and see how long yeah. they play this and, game. And the thing or is, do they they've been doing off. this since 2015. Trump's never been in trouble. The only thing that Trump ever did that I could recall that was out of line, and I actually loved it, <laughs> was. The McCain thing when well, he said McCain was uh, got shot down, so he's not well, awarded. He, you know, he said, you know, people who get captured. And, are and I can't stand McCain, well, right? So I was but like, I still thought that that was in bad taste. If you've watched the footage of John McCain, and the only he, other you thing, would think it would it was in bad taste, and the regardless. Only, and the only other thing was the thing with Billy Bush, right? That grab him, grab him by the. All right, you know what? But again, not it was to, locker room talk. Not to revisit that, and all, and all the women will come out and attack me for saying this, but it was a supposed private conversation as a private citizen. It was, and believe me, I've said some really obnoxious things in private. And and again, same thing. You know, I've heard many women come out and say, Donald Trump is not my priest, he's not my husband. Right. I want, you know, he's here to run the country, or at the time he was here to run the country. And here is the other thing to to this, is that um, I would say the only other complaint I had about Trump is he didn't, he didn't hit hard enough, and he hired mut- he hired the wrong people. Christopher well, Ray should have never been hired. Well, that was pressure that was put on him at the time because I'm you're sure not an insider. You got to do that. You know, that, exactly. there were a lot of things going on. So the communists are out in all force, in for- full force. Maine Secretary of State Shannon Bellows ruled the Trump could not be on the primary ballot under the Fourteenth Amendment. You got to listen to this woman talk. All right, to get a, a, a handle on this, yeah, um, you got to listen to this because she is just a monster. Um, and not only that, but oh, here Trump is back on the ballot in Colorado. The insane liberal Secretary of State Jenna Griswold has declared. So how how in the world did the uh, liberals get in charge of law enforcement? <laughs> I don't know. It was a conspiracy. <laughs> but you see what they do. Always a liberal DA. As they you want said. to like defund the police, and they want to let people out, out out on the streets, and everybody's getting raped and murdered. Like it's almost like they're they're pseudo military that's going against you know white privilege. I, I have no idea what it's about, but it's it's insane. Um, and here there was a reader added context uh, from Twitter. It says Trump was never removed from the primary ballot. The Colorado Supreme Court stayed implementation of their instruction to remove him. You know, that's what I was just saying. Um, so there's that. Uh, I want you to hear her voice, though. This woman is a wackadoodle. Hmm. I got that term from you, by the way. Hmm. A radical leftist by the name of Shenna Bellows just decided Trump is ineligible to appear. She released a 34-page ruling that concluded, I conclude that Mr. Trump's primary petition is invalid. Specifically, I find that the declaration of this, his candidate consent form is false because he is not qualified to hold the office of the president under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. This woman 
is the enemy of the people. So uh, Democrat Shanna Bellows explains that she personally decided that Trump was guilty of engaging in an insurrection. So she unilaterally removed the leading Republican presidential candidate. These people are not serious. She gleefully tells MSDNC, I cannot unfortunately or fortunately wait for the Supreme Court to make a decision. Let's take a listen. It's a very detailed decision. Uh, We lay out uh, why under main law, the Secretary of State has the authority, indeed the obligation, I'm duty bound to make this determination. Uh, We also, I rather um, laid out that the record demonstrates that in fact, the events of January 6, 2021, which were unprecedented and tragic, uh, were an insurrection. January 6 was a Fed surrection. All right. It yeah. was hatched by the FBI and Nancy Pelosi. And uh, I got some information on that, too, today. Let's take a listen, though. Uh, in the meaning of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And finally, uh, in reviewing the facts presented, the evidence, uh, the law, the history, um, we determined. There's no uh, we. It's her. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment that Mr. Trump engaged in insurrection. Can't call him president, can she? Um, you know, so here she is here sounding like a valley girl. She's such a juvenile. I am so mindful. And I, I said this in my decision. Uh, that it is unprecedented, no she sounds like a college state. student. I am so mindful. And I, I said this in my decision uh, that it is unprecedented. No secretary of state has ever deprived a presidential candidate of ballot access based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. I am so mindful. I am so mindful. (laughs) What what a whack, right? I mean, it's crazy. So I I have some other really great audio clips that I want to get to today, and I'm going to make sure that I do. Um, So I'm going to speed through this. Democrats, Harmeet Dillon said this, Democrats are conspiring to commit the biggest election interference fraud in world history right before our eyes as government officials avert their eyes to the mockery of the Constitution and our laws. This is a low point in American history. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. So here's about the J6. Listen to this. Biden is a dictator. President Joe Biden is a merciless dictator. And I want you to hear this story right now. A J6 political prisoner locked up in the D.C. Gulag. They handcuffed him. And after he was handcuffed, the Democrat guards, the Democrat prison guards, beat him in the face. Hit him in the face over 35 times. They knocked out four of his teeth. They blackened both of his eyes. They cut his mouth open. Missing four teeth. His entire face is messed up for life after that. And here's what they said. They threatened to rape him after they beat him mercilessly. All right. And that is a true story because here's the Love truth. You. Here's I'll his mother. I want you all. I want you all. Well, this that's is coming. the uh, from uh, Diamond and Silk. Uh, the Di- one that's still alive. It, it's Diamond, yeah. Diamond, because, yeah. Yeah. Okay, here we go. All right, you all. I want you all. Let's talk about this real quick. I understand. Uh, that your 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 husband, your loved one is being abused and threatened. I understand that uh, uh, you, uh, Barbara Ball, is the mother of a Jay sister, uh, Mr. Daniel Ball, that was beaten, four teeth knocked out by the guards. 
uh, and threatened with rape by the guards uh, that beat him. I want to know what's going on. So, Brittany, let me know. All right. So that's a well-documented story is the point that I wanted to make there. We can get into like listening to the parents and stuff like that. Parent and the wife are in that interview. But it's true. I mean, this is the kind of thing that's going on. This is this is as bad as anything you've ever heard in Russia or anywhere else. Um, all right. I, I, I wanted to report this, too. In 2022, millennials were the largest generation of home buyers, accounting for 43% of all home purchases. That number fell to 28% in 2023 per uh, Business Insider. Well, there's been some statistics out there saying that the rise in renting is happening. And part of it is economical and part of it or or an economic uh, by factor, but some byproduct. But in some cases, it's people making a conscientious decision. All right. This is the audio that I wanted you to hear the most today. Best explanation you're going to hear today on everything that you are seeing have the means to influence actions, create a problem, present a solution that you already conveniently had sitting there waiting. It's been happening for centuries. We're just living through the latest rendition. So I want you to hear this. This is a different angle about the BlackRock control. Let's take a listen. I'm going to simplify another conspiracy for you once again. Okay, so let's say you're BlackRock. You're in control 40% of the investable assets globally. You're heavily invested in literally every aspect of life. The food industry, medical industry, weapon industry, transportation, the media, everything. By the way, this isn't a conspiracy. This is public data that anyone can find. So once you have all this power, you need to increase demand in order to keep the economy going. What are you going to do? Well you're gonna create a crisis. Because you cannot have a 90 billion dollar weapon industry without a war. You cannot have demand for green energy without a climate crisis. You cannot sell a vaccine without a pandemic. And you cannot create media traffic without drama. It's an entire ecosystem controlled from the upper class and it's no coincidence we're in a perpetual state of crisis. All right, so the point there that's new, the the, the point that's new in the original thinking is and again, it's not brand new. I mean, it's been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. But the way he articulated that was very well, in that it seems like the globalists are ramping up and expediting, accelerating, if you will, uh, the usurping of power from the middle class and hoarding the cash out of your pocket into theirs. For what reason is the question? See, they're creating the pandemic to sell the vaccines and just so happens that Pfizer sits on the board of World Economic Forum Mm -hmm. and sits at the, uh, he makes himself available for interviews with Klaus Schwab and Larry Fink. They're all part of a cabal. And Bill Gates and, and Pfizer, you know, all about this vaccine. This was, COVID was a big theft of wealth. So is inflation. But they're creating wars as well, the military-industrial complex, mm-hmm. right? These endless wars. You know, like the caller that called in, Marilyn from Indiana, was talking about, um, you know, how rich Lindsey Graham is. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's the biggest warmonger that has ever walked the face of the earth. So, I mean, what is it all about? I mean, it's all about theft. It's money being taken out of your tax pocket 
and put into their pocket so they could buy their big boats, fancy cars. But that's what it's about. They're creating these things to usurp wealth from the middle class who's working. Whoops. Sorry about that, folks. All right. Caller, you're on the air. Morning, Scott and Lenore. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. Happy Happy New New Year. Year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you in my opinion what I think. Uh, the and and we, we, we got to make it quick, though, okay? So, uh, the more people who have less money will be more susceptible to accept the new digital currency. Because people who have more cash will resist it more. That's why they're soaking it all up. Hmm. Yeah, well, the, the the less cash, the less money you have, the weaker you are. That's that was actually exactly. Trump, Trump's Trump's method was this with Iran, and even with Russia, uh, he was basically saying the reason why Russia decided to invade Ukraine is because we we went green and increased the value uh, price per barrel of oil, making oil more scarce, right? And so that made Russia rich enough to invest in. A Ukrainian takeover. We created an incentive for them. And the same thing is true with Iran. As soon as we give Iran $6 billion like we did, they turn around and Hamas is bombing Israel, right? So they could afford these proxy wars because they've got an injection of cash. If we keep them weak and on their knees, they're less powerful. They're less likely to rise up against us in any way. They're less likely to complain. You know, so the same thing is true with people. You take the money out of the middle class pocket, you bring them to their knees, you crush them with this invasion of of millions of migrants competing for all the resources that we're scrapping together. And here we are fighting for our lives with this invasion going on in our back door and this inflation that's been man-made and this usurping of taxation with the endless wars and pandemics, yes, of course, this is going to wreak havoc on us to where the government's going to be more powerful with our assets in their pockets. We're going to be weaker and we're going to be more complicit, compliant. We're going to be more compliant. Yeah. Well, I, I equate the, the, the immigration uh, situation to uh, the Star Trek episode, The Trouble with Tribbles. I don't know. I don't want to ask- <laughs> look it up. Okay. Um, so, and you asked earlier, you, you made the comment, you know, how is this happening with where all these companies are getting taken over by liberals? Remember you asked that? Yep. Well, I'll, I'll tell you in two words, human resources. Okay. HR industry is a cancer on, in, on business. That's wow. where they're all coming from. That's where all these policies are coming from. That's where all the all the uh, equity and diversity. That's where all the. Uh, um, that's interesting. I've that I have not heard that before. And I, harassment. I have not heard that before. Huh? I I have not heard that before. I've never looked at it for, through that lens. Uh, that's a very interesting um, insight. Uh, I agree with you. I think you're right. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Well, if you've dealt with these people, you know I'm right. Okay, I'll take your word for it. All right, thank you for and happy right, New Year. Thanks, guys. Uh, bye. All right, bye bye.
All right. Well, wow. That's actually a pretty good point that he made. All right. I want to listen to this one. Um, so here is something that happened in 2012 related to race. Let's take a listen. Go track how many times the word racism was mentioned. And around 2012, it shoots up. Yep. Social justice shoots up. Transgenderism shoots up. White privilege shoots up. This was forced on the American people. Why are we having these conversations now? No, the people did not wake up one day and decide, we want to have a national conversation about chicks with dicks. That didn't happen. This wasn't an organic movement. It was all of the most powerful people decided, this is what we're going to talk about. And why was that? Look, when you're failing on policy, you pivot to a culture war. Yep. You pit people against yep. each other, so they're fighting each other. Yep. We had in this country, we had an Occupy Wall Street movement where leftists were standing outside of big banks screaming, we are the 99%. Right-wingers had a populist movement called the Tea Party, where yep. they were outraged about the bailouts of big banks, yep. unsustainable debt, government spending. They don't like that. That's not what the powers that be like. Look, they like you fighting about issues like abortion. Now, I'm not saying abortion isn't a very important issue. It's a very important issue. But the, us fighting about that issue doesn't scare anyone at the Federal Reserve. It doesn't scare anyone in the CIA. They don't care if you fight about that issue. They love you fighting over transgender bathrooms. Yep. It's a good point, right? You know? Yeah, it's a totally, it's a good point. As you read your phone? <laughs> As I read my phone, because I'm always checking for breaking news. All right. You know, okay. that's what happens. All right. All righty. Okay. All righty. Um, we got a couple more things for you. Uh, let's see. I'm just trying to figure out because we're, we're out of we're running out. We're always running out of time. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we, we actually have a little bit more time for a couple more audio. Um, so the globalists are getting desperate. None of their plans are working. COVID wasn't successful as a pretext for rolling out their prepackaged technocratic solutions. Vaccine passports, digital ID, CBDCs, WHO, pandemic treaty, etc. And in fact had the adverse effect of waking millions of people up. Nowhere near as many people took their lethal mRNA injections as they were hoping for. The man-made global warming hoax is proving to be even less successful as a pretext for rolling out the very same prepackaged technocratic solutions as COVID with a, new extra, a few extra ones added personal carbon allowances, 15-minute cities, bans on meat, cars, agriculture. Millions are waking up to the tyrannical and impoverishing nature of net zero and the non-existence of any kind of climate crisis. Everywhere they turn, people are on to them now. All their unelected globalist organizations, including the World Economic Forum, United Nations, and World Health Organization, are becoming more and more unpopular by the day. Every time they open their mouths, people can see right through their globalist doublespeak and the ulterior motives behind their stated intentions. With every day that passes, millions more awaken so... In a panic-stricken race against time, they are rushing to roll out their control apparatus before it's too late. But that is causing them to make mistakes. And the more they rush their various agendas, the more openly tyrannical and authoritarian they are being forced to become, which only serves to wake up even more people even faster. In the months and years ahead, expect 
even more deliberately manufactured global crisis, which will only further centralization of power, which will only further centralization of power into the hands of unelected globalist bodies can save us from food and food water shortages to economic collapse, to cyber attacks, to wars. You know, we're, we're, we're going to have a cyber attack. So buckle up because we're probably in for a bumpy ride as they become increasingly more desperate to finish construction, constructing their digital open air prison before too many of their, the intended inmates really realize that's happening and put it an end to it. But none of it's going to work. Too many people are aware of their modus operandi now. Every fake manufactured crisis will even more be will be even more transparent than the last. The la- the less and less people will fall for them. These are dangerous but exciting times. So stay strong, live fearlessly, and resist the incoming tyr- tyranny as if lives depend on it because they do. All right, so that was a piece written up by the Wide Awake Media. And it is time to pivot to New Year's Eve. Okay. All right, so pivoting to New Year's oh, Eve. Oh, one, one last thing. Oh, no, before no, we go, no, one yeah, last no, thing. One Breaking, Iraq kicks out military. Iraqi Prime Minister al-Sudani announced the end of the presence of U.S. and coalition's presence in Iraq, citing sovereignty concerns amid escalating tensions. We are in the process of reorganizing the relationship, he said. Our government moves to end international coalition presence in Iraq. So under (laughs) Biden, they kicked Biden out of Iraq. Okay, so pivot to New Year's Eve. Okay. <laughs> so right. New Year's Eve. Uh, so we are we're near the end of the year. So uh, this is our New Year's Eve show, and I do want to draw your attention to my article that's going to be up probably on Sunday, and it is about the movie Trading Places that celebrates its 40th anniversary this year. And as everybody knows, Trading Places that uh, has its climatic scene on a train that is running on New Year's Eve. And in my film, or excuse me, in my analysis of the film, I talk about how it's okay to watch Trading Places, even though now when you go on Netflix or other streamers, they warn you that there is blackface in it. So it is still a movie worth watching. It's great, great comedy, great performances, and everybody who was in it, career benefited from it so i highly recommend you check out trading places the movie and you check out my review of trading places which will be posted on spectator.org this weekend just in time for new year's eve all right what else you got what else i got uh i will also remind people that there is a reboot of my review of the book about uh roald dahl that is up on spectator.org the author of charlie and the chocolate factory So that is up right now, which is timely because we have the new film out, Wonka. So there's a list of of non-woke books to read on spectator.org. And my review that I wrote a few months ago is back up again. And I am working on a book about uh, an analysis of a book about Connecticut in the movies. So that will be coming out soon. The image of the state. Okay, then we have Dan Flynn as well. Uh, well right. Actually, we're at the we're end out of, of time. <laughs> well, we want to wish everybody a happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new year. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Be sure to check out magattack.org. Make a donation if you can.